Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short-form podcast, either as a book club discussion with a beloved YA author, or a look at excellent backlist YA for your TBR. My name is Kelly Jensen. Today's episode brings you great books from the YA backlist, and these are books that are at least a year old, sometimes older, and today's episode specifically will highlight the titles selected as the Summer Scares winners this year. And I'll talk a little bit about that program as well as the books that were selected and why they were selected. So those of you who are looking for good horror reads or who are looking to have resources available to readers you work with who are always looking for good horror, this is such a great place to start. But before we dive in too much, let me hit our first sponsor, which is Flatiron Books, publisher of Tales from the Hinterland by Melissa Albert a gorgeously illustrated collection of 12 original stories by the New York Times bestselling author of The Hazelwood and The Night Country. Journey into the hinterland, a brutal and beautiful world where a young woman spends a night with death, brides are wed to a mysterious house in the trees, and an enchantress is killed twice and still lives. Perfect for new readers and dedicated fans alike, Tales from the Hinterland includes gorgeous illustrations by Jim Tierney, Foil stamping, two-color interior printing, and two-color printed endpapers. Thank you to Flatiron Books and Tales of the Hinterland by Melissa Albert for making the show possible. So we'll start by talking a little bit about the Summer Scares program. And this is a collaboration with Horror Writers Association, as well as United for Libraries, Book Riot, and Booklist. It's In its third year this year, and the purpose is to promote horror as great reading for all ages any time of year. So, so often we only associate horror reading with October, but the purpose of Summer Scares is to make it more accessible as well as more common to read horror any time of year and to really encourage people who love horror to dive in deeper as well as to encourage those who might be a little bit tentative about trying horror to take those first steps and discover something that might really work for them. I've been doing this program since its inaugural list three years ago, and uh, I've focused on the YA category, and I have loved not only the ability to promote horror and how wide-ranging it is as a mood, but I love, too, that this particular program focuses on backlist titles. So these are titles that are far more accessible to more readers, and the whole point sort of being... You can run to your library and grab them, like you'll find them on shelves. This Summer Scares program has a ton of available programming and materials that you can use throughout the year to really integrate these books into library or school events if that's something that you're interested in. And given that everything is virtual this year, it's been really neat to see the selections become a little bit more international because we could have authors who aren't based in the States this year as they're a little bit more accessible as well. So I will link to the announcement of this year's winners in the show notes. And that's where you'll find all the information about the hub for Summer Scares, the resources that are out there, and how you can use these books beyond recommending them and reading them yourself. So the basic breakdown is that three titles are selected in three different categories. And those categories are adult, YA, and middle grade. And I am so excited about this year's picks as they really, I think, highlight the range of YA horror that 
I think many might be a little surprised to see what falls under this mood of horror. And again, mood is what makes something horror as opposed to it being its own genre. So you could have realistic horror, you can have fantasy horror, you can have historical horror. The point is that it has something foreboding, something disgusting, something chilling to it more than anything else. So what one person considers horror might not be horror to another, which blurs some of the lines, but also is exactly what makes it so interesting. And the three titles for this year, I think, really showcase the range here. I don't think there's a whole lot of descriptions of blood and gore in the three YA selections, even though two of these do deal with uh, murder and a serial murderer, but they are not graphic in depiction. So let's take a look at these Summer Scares picks for 2021. And the first title is The Diviners by Libba Bray. And I know if you are a longtime Hey listener, you've probably heard me talk about wanting to read this book for years. And I felt like I couldn't until the entire series was out. But now that the last book is out, I was so excited to not only read it, but to also know that it would be eligible and a really solid pick for the summer scares. I, as somebody who wants to read the series back to back to back, kept thinking it would be really valuable to wait to consider this title until a reader can zip through all the books at once if they want to. So after I did that very thing, I sat down, I blew through the first book in a weekend and clamored and ran to the library for the next books in the series. I thought this was so perfect for this year. So the book is set in 1926, and Evie, our main character, has been shipped off from her home in Ohio to the bright lights of New York City. She is super stoked about it, even though this is apparently a punishment for some misbehavior at home. Evie's like real punishment here is that she has to live with her eccentric uncle will who runs this struggling occult shop slash museum and when she gets into town things start to get weird really quickly so evie has this supernatural power and it's one that she's used as a party trick before but now there's been a series of mysterious deaths throughout the city and in particular there's this death of a girl who Evie is able to use her talents to help solve the murder for. So I'm not going to explain what the talent is. You'll know when you get to it. But she may have the power to help solve this series of crimes. And maybe the thing that was a party trick is really far from it. So the book is not just about the serial killer at the heart of the story. There is so much in here. It's a delicious, delicious historical horror with its period details, the inclusion of the occult and ghosts, and Evie as a main character is just this absolutely positively smart and sharp and savvy girl. The secondary plots throughout the book are really well developed, and we're given a chance to see so many sides of New York City during this time period from a really wide range of people in terms of class and race. And of course, Knowing this is a big book, as soon as it seems like things are safe and sound, they're anything but. And that's why there are three more books in the series. And this is a book for readers who love an immersive, well-paced story that plays with serial killers, spirits, and more. And 
Again, the beauty is that it's the first in a series and every book is available. I, despite this book being, I want to say like 550 pages, I read it really quickly. I, I finished it in a weekend and I have heard too for readers who like audiobooks, this is one that you absolutely want to choose the audiobook form for if that is something that you prefer. So that first pick is The Diviners by Libba Bray and it will hit your historical horror markers. The second pick for The Summer Scares is The Marrow Thieves by Sherry Demoline. And it was just announced that The Marrow Thieves, while a completely standalone book, will also see a couple additional titles set in this world, making it one of those really magical books that you can read as a standalone by itself or read alongside forthcoming entries in the series. So this is a Canadian book. It won so many awards in Canada, but it hasn't quite had the same reception in the U.S. despite having a U.S. distribution and publisher. Really excited to include it on this list because I hope that'll help give it a little bit more exposure. And I'm also jazzed about what this book does in terms of defining horror. It is a near-future dystopia, and for a lot of readers, that doesn't necessarily translate to horror, but in this book, it absolutely positively does. So this is an intense Own Voices Indigenous YA set in a world where indigenous people are hunted down by non-indigenous people for their bone marrow. That marrow is the secret to their ability to dream. And this is something that non-indigenous people have lost and are so desperate to get back. If you can't have dreams, I mean, what's the purpose in life? And so that's the premise. And then getting into the nitty gritty, Francis, who goes by Frankie, is the main character, and he is traveling with this group of diverse natives to safety. They're regularly being captured and quote-unquote recruited for this new version of residential schools by recruiters who are seeking them out and violently tricking them into being captured. These schools are based on historical residential schools, but this new era subjects Indigenous folks to scientific study and ultimately to their deaths through testing and then stealing this bone marrow from them. Minerva, one of the characters in the story, is this super fascinating elder who is taken by a recruiter, but figures out how to avoid the worst damage being taken. And her thread throughout this book is just such a powerful look at intergenerational trauma, as well as intergenerational dreaming that exists in Native cultures. So again, but while the book is written by an author who lives in Canada, what is now modern Canada, the book itself doesn't define settings the same way that we do today living in colonized lands. And while it's a recognizable North America, all the characters refer to the land and locales by their Native nations' names. And there's just so much that readers will take away from here, both in terms of this Native story, but also in what horror looks like. And there's horror in this near-future setting, as well as the integration of real horrors upon which so many of what brings fear and danger to the Natives in the story experience as, as horror themselves. It's a smart book. It's a short book, a faster read, but the voices in here are excellent, and it's one that I think about quite a bit. And that is The Marrow Thieves by Sherry Demoline. 
And then the last pick for this year is something totally different. And that is Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson. This book is fun. It stars a fat Latina main character, and it has a little bit of everything and yet manages to weave all these pieces together with so much humor and heart. So it's a story about Mila and her best friend Riley, and they have always been inseparable, which is what they need to be because in their small town of Cross Creek, they are bored and... They find that their biggest hobby, like the way that they kill time together, is indulging in amateur witchcraft. So when Riley and two of the mean popular girls from their high school die under what are really suspicious circumstances, to Mila at least, she refuses to accept that her best friend was part of what the school and community considered a quote-unquote suicide pact. So Mila's going to get to the bottom of the story, and she does so with a tube of lip gloss and a grimoire that she quote-unquote borrows, and she manages to bring all three of the girls back to life. So cue, we've got a witch story here, we've got a mysterious death story here, and oh, zombies. So this is the spell that Mila casts is a seven-day spell, and that means that Riley and the other two girls just have a week back from the dead. And while Mila is anxious to solve the mystery of their death, the three girls want nothing more than to attend to some unfinished business in town. So their agenda and her agenda are completely different. And Mila is bound and determined to keep these girls focused on what happened to them, rather than allowing them to run amok and take care of what she considers less pressing business. I mean... No one wants the killer to strike again, and also Mila knows that she needs to be right, that nothing about the deaths could have been so easily explained away. This book is all about the voice. It is so, so good, and it's kind of the perfect mix of The Craft and Veronica Mars. So we get Mila, who is this character who is easy to root for. She works with magic and witchcraft in a way that is so perfectly teenage and She's also well-educated and conscious of the consequences of that work, but passionate about learning what the heck happened to her best friend. This book is packed with snark and humor and lightness that is so refreshing. And I think for readers especially who are worried they can't handle horror, this is an excellent introduction to how many types of horror exist. Yes, there are witches and zombies and murderers here, but there's also a lot of laugh out loud moments and a main character that she has a lot of rough edges, but you also just root for her. I feel like this is a mood booster of a book. And I know when I finished it, I just, I felt so good. It felt so fun to read. And I mentioned this at the top of talking about the book, but I love that we have a fat Latina main character who is just so deeply passionate about each of her identities and how they weave together to make her who she is. And she refuses to be seen as just a singular thing. She's just complex and wonderfully so. And that is Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson. And those are the three titles in the YA category this year for Summer Scares. So if you have been eager to try some horror, here are three very different books to try. And I encourage you to learn about some of the past titles. I'll link to those in the show notes. And again, as somebody who loves horror and knows how maligned it can be and how misunderstood it can be, I really encourage you to poke around because there are so many different ways for a horror story to work. And once you find that book that really 
connects with you, you suddenly have opened up this whole additional world of great things to read. So as always, thank you for today's sponsor to make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Instagram as HeyKellyJensen. Thank you to Jen Zink, our audio editor, who makes HeyYA sound great week after week. And as always, we'll see you again in two weeks for the main podcast. This will be my last HeyYA extra credit until I think August as I'm going on parental leave. But I hope that it encourages you to discover some great horror. And as always, I'm leaving you in super capable hands with my replacement uh, when that time comes. So you will still get the same great Hey YA week after week, either as a long form podcast with two hosts or in your short form extra credit episodes. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.